Today's class, as we continue the topic of stewardship, is to uh, focus on ways to save. So, found some uh, just things to get us thinking. The art is not in making money, but in keeping it. From the infamous proverb. <clears throat> no matter how low your income is, you can still save some money. Do not save what is left after spending. Spend what is left after saving. Warren Buffett. And this may be hard. No, I can read that. I found this really interesting. Money amassed either serves us or rules us. And I'll be honest, that quote um, somehow seemed to guide some of my thinking toward this class today. And uh, so uh, let's, let's just quickly, let's name, and I'll write on the board, some good reasons to save. And uh, if this is insultingly simple, that's okay. Uh, but what are some good reasons to say? For a rainy day. <laughs> for a rainy day. What do you mean by that, Joy? Uh, for an emergency. Okay, yeah, yeah. Something we're not expecting. Yeah, that, that unexpected... What is unexpected sometimes falls into the category of emergency. Okay, what else? Yes, Katrina? To be able to give when there's a need. All right, so that we are able to give when a need arises. made it so easy to borrow money. Uh, I, mean, I, I was not cognizant of how things probably worked so much, you know, 50, 75 years ago, but, you know, it, it was a different world back then, I believe, if you wanted to get, to borrow money. It wasn't just pull that plastic card out of your pocket and, and use it because you've been pre-approved for X thousands of dollars. And, uh, yeah. What else? Jesse? Okay. All right. Yes. Or other time when one cannot earn. Okay. 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 Or other time. Disability. Yes, when you cannot earn. Like you're disabled in some fashion. Good. Keep going. Great. Uh, 
to provide for your family in case something were to happen to you. That's right. I mean, that's a that's probably a, that's an overlap with some of the things that we've said, but but I think it's a, it's definitely there's definitely a good reason. Welcome, it's a good reason to be saving. What else, mm -hmm. Nikki? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's something. There's something you're shooting for. There's something you're working toward. There's some sort of a, a goal. Uh, maybe that represents some sort of a, a purchase or uh, expenditure or even other. Yeah, could could encompass any of these above as well. And this has probably been covered, but maybe maybe in providing for family, maybe in the unexpected emergency. But then again, too, not everything happens uh, in the moment. It's not like going to the grocery store and I need some money, although that is true. <laughs> you get paid X dollars, you know it's going to cost you so much money to eat for until the next paycheck, right? Uh, so you want to make sure you've got enough, so you you save some back. What are some other What are some other things though that you maybe you don't spend every month, but it's every three months, every six months, maybe something once a year. And when that bill comes due, I'm going to have to pay it. Property taxes, yes, insurance, yeah. all of those annual bills. Yeah, those periodic expenses. And you mentioned a number of them. I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, um, like saving to go to college. Oh, yes, yes. I understand people do that instead of borrowing. I think, yeah. <laughs> Back to that, uh, keeps you from having to borrow, yes. All right. Uh, somebody made this statement. Every day I get up and look through the Forbes list of the richest people in America. If I'm not there, I go to work. Okay? It's kind of just this, this mindset about, you know, what's our, our attitude toward finances? Uh, you might argue that saving is a vital component of our financial system. It's how we, and it's kind of encompassed in some of these things, it's how we look down the road and make preparation for the future. Connotation. Good or bad? Living paycheck to paycheck. Is that, is that, is that a good thing? You feel good about that? Or is that just, ah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, what does it lead to? It's not a very good solution. What does it lead to? Overdrafts. It does. Leads to overdrafts. What else? Stress. Stress. Worry. Unhappiness and just many problems. So, a part, a part of the solution is saving. Putting something aside to meet the unforeseen or simply future needs 
that is essential to sound financial footing. But in all of this, I think we've got to have balance. And we're going to want to have, obviously, biblical, God-guided balance as we think about this, about this subject. So, uh, today, uh, I want us to be able to explain why uh, it's a good idea to save, to be able to describe dangers associated with saving, and then list some ways that you can save in both broad budget areas, and I'm, I'm looking for real tangible, concrete examples here, and then how do you also do that as a part of your daily habits. Okay. And with that, Steve, would you pray for us, please? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity we have to gather in your name, to study your word, to look at your, your scriptures, to apply these things to our life, especially the things that we're looking at today with the stewardship. Father, that we be pleasing in your sight and the way we conduct our lives, our finances, our overlooking, to please you, Father, we we thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, our example that you have given us. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I should have put this on the assignment, and I didn't come up with it until later, but can, can you think of some Bible passages that talk about saving. I'll, I'll get you started here with, with a couple of Proverbs. Um, like Proverbs 21 and verse 20. There is precious treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man swallows it up. See the word saving in there? Not exactly, but how would how would you connect this proverb with saving? For there to be treasure and oil in someone's house, it has to be brought in and saved. But if you don't have it, it means you've spent it all up. You've gone from oil paycheck to oil paycheck. Yeah, yeah. Consumed it all. Yeah, and, and what what's the idea of having, you know, again... <laughs> times have changed. A few thousand years, times have changed. What's the idea of having oil in your house? Okay, it would be heat. Light. Food. To be able to cook with. Okay, for cooking. Oh, okay. Okay. And if you needed something in the future that wasn't oil or treasure... Could you liquidate? You can't go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's another one. Uh, Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Now again, you could take this proverb in a number of directions, but I think the implication here is that, you know, it, it's, it, it, it is... It is, it is uh, advantageous to have money that you can pass on to the benefit of others. There's an element of savings here. Can you think of another? 
pass it. Jesse. Uh, kind of about saving, but in Luke 14, yeah. which one of you wanting to build a tower doesn't sit down first and compute the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? Otherwise, <coughs> when he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all he will see it will begin to make fun of him. Yeah. This idea of planning, preparing, yeah. counting the cost, and I think that has a little bit to do with saving. I do too. Thank you. Justin. I think of Joseph um, instructing Ooh. to save up Ooh. for hard times. Yeah, I, I, no, I have that one totally right over my head. That's really good. Yeah, they knew uh, through God's uh, foresight hard times were coming, so they were going to put us, yeah, you know, store up. David saved up for Solomon for the building of the temple. Oh, excellent point. They were, they were, where is that? Goal. This is a goal, yes. They, they had the goal of building the temple. And so in order to do that, there was this uh, saving up for the future, uh, for a future time. In this case, for his son to be able to build that. Good. Katrina. Um, Proverbs 31 says, ah. Yeah. Yeah, let me get there. Which verse was that? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, early, middle, or late? <laughs> yeah. There you go. It is. Yeah. Yeah. She smiles. What? How did yours read again? Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, she's she's able to confidently look into the future. She's optimistic. Um, uh, I think there is that element there, Tony. Ah. Elections to, to, to save. Right. For the, uh, the Christians of Jerusalem. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that. 1 Corinthians 16, thank you for that, by the way. Uh, 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the church of, churches of Galatia, so do you also. On the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper, so that no collections be made when I come. So let's let's scratch at that a little bit more. Um, so this uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2, verse 2 says that you put aside and you save. Now listen, I, I am no foreign language scholar of any sort, but I have found it interesting to be able to use the internet to see what, what original word was used there, understand it, and then see, is it used elsewhere that could also then be helpful? So, so the word here uh, is on the screen. I don't need to. I, I looked at it in the pronunciation guide many times, but you know, you see it. Um, it yeah, and it, it means simply to lay up, to store up, to treasure up, or to save. Nothing terribly insightful there, um, but. Uh, it is it is good to know how else is it used. Well, in Second Corinthians, Paul used it again when uh, he, again you, he he's not he's using this as an example of his relationship uh, with them and uh, not so much directly talking about 
instruction for us as Christians today, but yet I think he uses it in, in a parallel where he says, hey, this is the third time I'm ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden to you, for I do not seek what is yours but you. For children are not responsible to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. That idea of saving up, okay? He's making another point with that, I recognize. But it's the same word used there. Now, interestingly, that is the only, those are the only two places where uh, that word is used in kind of a, I'll call it a positive connotation, because if we look at where else it's used, in Matthew 6, and go ahead and turn there, please. Matthew 6, uh, I want to look at just a slightly broader context on a number of these passages. Matthew 6, and what I would actually like to, to read there uh, are verses uh, 19 through 21. So, Matthew 6, 19 through 21, and the joy. When you get there, would you mind reading for us, please? Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, here, do not. We didn't, we didn't say this, right? Do not store up. What's the message here? Don't get so caught up in the worldly things that uh, you forget about your true purpose. Yes, I think that's it exactly. He's he's drawing a, a, a parallel or a contrast, however you want to look at it, between our mindset. Is it all about the things here? Or are you really planning for eternity? That, that idea that Paul, you know, used like, if I did save, and somehow it was all lost, my life isn't over. Yeah. I mean, because I am, I, I've done that because in in the light of follow, or being a good steward for God, it wasn't like I was just trying to save this for, for my own selfish reasons. So if it goes away, I can still be taken care of, I can still be a happy individual. Yep, 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 yep. And this passage is about making the treasures your idol. Uh, there you go. It's how am I viewing? How am I viewing that stored up, saved up? Yeah, what? Thank you for that. Where's your dependency? Ah. Are you depending on what you've done for yourself here? Or are you yes. depending on God taking care of us? Right. And uh, kind of back to that, back to that quote at the beginning. Money amassed either serves us or rules us. Does it make money amassed a bad thing? It can serve us, but it can also rule us. Well, here's another use of that uh, word. Luke 12, and if you'd turn there please, Luke 12. And I, I want to read this whole section. Luke chapter 12, and I'd like to read verses 13 to 34. It's a big section. You up to it, Sarah? Luke 12, we're going to start in verse 13, and uh, we'll go uh, down through verse 34. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. 
But he said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter over you? Then he said to them, Beware and be on guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, So you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself, and is not rich towards God. And he said to his disciples, For this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom nor barn and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than the birds. And which of you by worrying can add a single hour to his lifespan? If then you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. But I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the gr clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you men of little faith? And do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, and do not keep worrying. For all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek, but your Father knows that you need these things. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to charity. Make yourselves money belts which do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. There is, for me, there is tension in this topic. And I think it's good that we, that we talk about it. Um, and again, it's not that I think that the text is saying that storing up is sinful, but what's our attitude toward that? Uh, how much dependence, how much trust am I putting in those things? I'm going to, I get the chance to, to have the giving talk today. So I'm going to turn the crank one more time on this Malachi 3 <laughs> text that Ryan shared. You know, when it comes when it comes to uh, giving of what God has entrusted to us, do am I am I am I willing to put him to the test to see if he really will deliver that if I don't trust in things but I trust in him that he'll provide what I need? I mean that's what Jesus just said here over and over and over again. Does it fly in the face of saving for retirement? Maybe a little yes and maybe a little no. I don't know. Am I saving for retirement? I am. Katrina. I think the key is, uh, it says, so 
Yes. What what am I laying up this treasure for? Is it all for me? Look what I have done. I need bigger barns. Wah, wah. Is the focus me or am I rich toward God? Are you working so much that you can't get services? Okay. Or working so much that you can't make a meal for somebody? Okay. Or, you know, are you completely driven to get more and more? Right. Just to have more right for the sometimes for the uncertain <clears throat> unpromised future and that um, is the same thing to think about when you're saving for retirement what are you imagining your retirement to be more opportunity to serve because uh, you have you know you're not at work so much uh-huh. or are you uh, Imagining your retirement being sitting on a beach serving yourself. Right. And if your retirement, you're imagining your retirement as more opportunities to serve, then saving for that is stewardship. Yeah. This is not mainstream America kind of talk. That's not the mainstream America I hear. Because ideas about retirement yes it's it's all about me it's it's relaxation it's sitting on the beach it's travel it's doing what I want to do uh, one other text turn to James 5 and let's read the first four verses of James 5 and uh, Andrew, if you wouldn't want to read those. James 5, 1 through 4. Come now, you rich. Weep and howl for the miseries that are come upon you. Your riches have rotted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. For you have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you have kept back by fraud, are crying out against you, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. So, so, does this passage necessarily uh, indicate that to be wealthy is wrong? Well, I don't think so, but what's, what's the problem here? These are the wealthy who got that way perhaps by not paying their the laborers at the end of the day, which yeah. is like one of those things that is roundly condemned in the Old Testament repeatedly. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, what was the attitude of those individuals? Yeah, how did I get there? And, you know, what are, what are my motives? So again, now this idea of uh, storing up uh, may not always be a good thing, depending upon what, what our intention is. And then, and then finally, um, a, a similar word with the, again, I, I, looked, I tried to figure it out and I didn't, but you notice those two words are the same except for the first three letters. Um, and again, the, the meaning is very similar, to put away, to treasure away, to lay up in store. And that's what we see in 1 Timothy chapter 6, if you'll turn there. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and uh, verses 
17 through 19. Jesse, if you, when you get there, please. 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19. Command those who are rich in this world's good not to be haughty or to set their hopes on riches which are uncertain, but on God who richly provides us with all things for our enjoyment. Tell them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous givers, sharing with others. In this way, they will save up a treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the future, and so lay hold of what is truly life. Laying hold of what is truly life. Again, uh, <coughs> Satan is is active in this world, and he wants us to be enamored. Uh, just overtaken with what we see around us and but the truth is this is not really life uh, what is really life is what will last and the things that we've been reading so is it wrong to be rich no uh, he didn't tell them you know that uh, that instruct those who are rich that they're they're sinning because they're rich no if you are rich and again, we've had this discussion. How many of us are rich? Probably all of us. And so, uh, what are we to do with that? And it's, you know, am I going to just selfishly indulge myself? Or what's my attitude in how God has blessed? So, based on that, what are what are some what are some dangers of saving? The one that came to mind first was being um, selfish or like being a miser where you you've got the money and you're gonna keep it. And it doesn't matter who comes to your door asking, um, you're not giving it up because that's your money. You've saved it and saving is a good thing and so you're going to be miserly. And yeah. Hey, I might need that tomorrow. <clears throat> Versus somebody needs it today. What else? Christian, he says, not be haughty. Okay. No, I've worked hard. I've done this. I've done that. No, you've given an opportunity for it, and they say, which kind of leads to his next point, not setting their hopes on riches, but on God. We become this world focused I think of the church at Lady Odyssea they thought they were rich and they had need of nothing yeah and God says they have need of everything okay let's, let's scratch at that a little bit So in that case, their, what, what was the effect of their wealth having on them? 
in, in essence then. Misplaced trust. Okay, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and it, it also, did it not, in a way, it blinded them? When you, when you look at it and you say, man, I got, I got plenty. I got plenty to take care of. Everything I need here, it blinded them to other realities, spiritual realities. Because they placed their trust in themselves and in, in what they had and their abilities, they were unable to see where they were deficient uh, in, in ways that matter toward God. And one version of the haughtiness is that it makes us um, unmerciful and unkind to people who don't have as much as we do. Well, you know, I I can work and save all of this. You know, what's your problem? Not yes. Not recognizing differences in people's life circumstances. Judgmental. That's that's what I'm looking for. It makes us judgmental of people who are in the same position we're in. It was 2009 that I needed to sharpen the lawnmower blades on my riding lawnmower and I followed the same practice that I'd always done in years past pretty much to uh, accomplish that. Uh, I got family members to stand on the back of the mower and I lifted on the front. So you kind of had that leverage, you know, you had that fulcrum deal going and uh, put it up on jack stands. Only difference was the family members were now one because the kids were gone out of school or out of, out of the home and uh, it was just me and Leanne so instead of Leanne and Chelsea on the back and me and Brian on the front it was just me and Leanne. So started to lift in the front and it didn't move. Bright, bright thinking John says you need to lift harder. <laughs> I did <laughs> for a moment. I heard the pop. I went down to all fours. It took me about five minutes before I could crawl back up and, and hobble around and for years I was never the same. Well in fact I'm still not the same but for years I was really hobbled and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But there was a real blessing in that for me because it showed me a side of life that I had never seen before. I mean, anytime I had been sick or hurt, I went to the doctor. I got stitches, I got medicine or whatever, and I got well. And up to that point, I had looked at people with some sort of chronic problem as, why don't you just get better? Why don't you just see a doctor and get well? I didn't appreciate that there were situations, conditions that you just didn't resolve and that it had life impacting implications. So, yeah, these kinds of things can make us unmerciful, judgmental toward others. So I struggle with this class and I think it's good to struggle. I think it's good to challenge what's my thinking as I pursue different things. 
doesn't make them in and of themselves wrong. Should you be saving for a house so that you have a place to live? Or should you be content living in an apartment? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with having a house. In fact, there can be wisdom in that in, in the long term. But what's your attitude toward that? Is that, a, is that an idol? Got to have this house or, you know, and retirement, you know, saving up. I'm, I'm hopefully within two years of retiring. So, but should I stop saving so that I could use that money to help people now? Possibly. But again, as we've talked, what's, what's my goal in that? And if I reach that point, am I going to be able to still help others and serve others? And so I think we need to, I think it's good to challenge, and it's good especially to challenge the thinking of this world and how it influences and affects us. I, I feel that same struggle because every, every individual uh, scenario is so different. It makes me think of the rich young ruler. Right, like that was the thing that he knew he was going to challenge him by, and I like that's where I feel like I know I need to do the most work, and it's the most difficult. So I look at this, and he's talking about sell your stuff, yeah, you know, and be changed by the kingdom. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do that just yet, you know what I mean? So it's, I think part of me, um that in a way increases my faith, knowing that he knows exactly what I need to become better, but then it's, it's up to that individual to, to engage in that. Yeah, yeah. Am, I, am I growing in that? Bob, has your mindset about things like this changed in the last 30 years? You know, and I find that as I get older, I start to realize more of the truths of these things and it doesn't make me look back and, and maybe necessarily always have regret, but it does, it does make me appreciate, you know, a, a, a hopefully a little bit of a growth toward God mindset in these matters. And maybe if living paycheck to paycheck means I'm being very generous with others and I'm sharing... And I'm putting aside and saving so that I'm not, you know, so I'm not being unwise, but at the same time, I'm not doing it to the extent that, well, I'd like to help somebody, but, man, I got retirement in 50 years. So, <laughs> there, there, I guess, the, what, in the end, there's balance in all of this. And I think we need to stop and check our, our attitudes. And are we really living for God? Are we really living for eternity as we pursue the things that God has blessed us with here. So, with that. So that, those was kind of like the uh, putting aside and saving, but then there's the element, there's the element of saving where it's just being more uh, efficient, um, you know, not wasting money that we could then have available both to take care of our own needs and to help others. So, uh, let's take a a few minutes here and let's talk about uh, 
how you can save in broad budget areas. This was question number one. I listed things like insurance, cell phone, mortgage. Uh, I've got some other ideas as well. But um, what are what are things that you've learned or that you've practiced that you see are helpful in saving, not wasting, when it comes to broad budget areas? And you 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 become convinced in this. This is not something I've ever done. All right. My sister and her husband. Their practice has been, whether it's a car, whether it's mortgage, I don't think they do it as much with the mortgage, but they make two payments a month. Uh, Whatever it is, they'll be making two payments a month, and so they pay it off faster, they pay less interest, they're never behind. If they do get in a crunch, then they can make the one payment and still be current, yeah. and they do that every way. So they recently... Um, sold their house which they had already paid off and built a new one and I doubt if they have much debt at all. Yeah. They're kind of creepy, scary like that. Yeah, so. yeah. Dis back to that disciplined yeah, idea. Really yeah. Weird. Yeah. So so a lot of people get paid every two weeks. So instead of paying that that mortgage once a month, you pay uh, not quite half, but you you pay a percentage of that then every two weeks and what does that, what does that allow you to do? How? You get one more payment every year, which means you're paying down that principal that much more every year, which saves you interest in the long run. You spend less for that item. Okay, very good. Ah, yes, and that can be true on a number of expenses, uh, but thanks for that specific on, on medical. Uh, again, I know a lot of places if you can pay it once uh, in one lump sum or maybe if you pay uh, an annual one lump payment versus every month, you, you end up saving money. Uh, you got to ask. And in some cases, places will will have a practice that they won't even maybe require you to pay all of the the bill because they recognize that you know uh, we're set up to to handle that you gotta ask uh, it, it kinda levels the entire playing field Tony yeah, it's related to the medical but in a lot of things you know we had to shop around uh, we didn't just take the work insurance because it actually would cost us more uh, yeah. Yeah. Like with vehicle, we shop around. With looking for two cycle engine oil yesterday, I shopped around. I found something seven dollars cheaper. You know, it's like it's just simple things like that, and big things and little things. Um, looking for better deals. I mean, think the numbers don't Yeah. Like, you know, and sometimes I like buying things secondhand. You know, you just like. Just doing that little bit extra effort sometimes makes a big difference. Or even coming to it that I don't actually need that anymore. Or I don't need that right now. I'm right. not willing to pay that. My mom was really good at that. Uh, she, she would tell me, you don't buy shoes when they're in season. You wait till the end of the season. And then they, like, I got, like, 
booth that used to cost me fifty dollars for ten bucks. Yeah. You know, it's things like that that just you know, you you learn the how the world works, how markets and cycles work. Um, so find shirts at Walmart for ten cents. Yeah. Because it's out of season. Yeah. And they gotta make way for the for the next eating out restaurants have become untenable. Yeah. And it's an easy thing to say, you know, as a single guy, I really don't feel like spending two hours cooking yeah. for one meal. Yeah. I'll just go out and spend fifteen dollars yeah. on a meal. And then you look at your credit card, I put it all on credit card right. at the end of the month. Right. And you look at that and it's four hundred dollars. You say, "Wow, that just snuck up on me." Yeah, yeah. How many restaurants have gotten so horrible? I mean, yeah, forty dollars for two salads and breadsticks, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you have a family, right? Yeah, your money goes a lot further when you purchase, prepare, but. The convenience, the, again, this is the world we live in, right? It's all about convenience, have it right now. That's all on the other hand, Katrina. Uh, it's either, I find it, it's either time or money. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's a balance in that, but like even like with food, like um, going out to eat, a lot, of, a lot of the restaurants have apps now, and you can get points, and that yes. can save you money. Yeah. So even on things that are more convenient, um, there, I've found there sometimes ways to find at least a little bit of savings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Craig? Uh, we have also found ourselves being tempted with coupons, because those come in the mail like every Oh, day. yeah. And it's like, oh, it's 50% off, oh, let's see how. But then we always have to stop and ask, what would I actually buy this if there were no coupons? Right. Because I'm not actually saving. <laughs> If it's something I regularly buy, then a coupon is great, and we might, right. you know. But if it's something that I'm going to be spending half of what I was not planning on spending anyway, yeah. well, then I'm not actually an enticement purchase. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know if Amanda would, uh, you know, back me up on this if she were here. But my dad took accounting classes yeah. in college, and he uh, passed something on to me that's always stuck with me. We're talking about saving in this conversation, but what we're actually talking about is spending less. None of that is actually saving. Uh, so, I mean, for my yes. class, we yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Spending less is important. Thank you. But he said, you know, we are, this uh, is always coming about. Yeah. Um, marketing uses the word saving. Okay. I was talking about these coupons use the word saving. And anytime anybody's trying to get you to spend money, they use the word save when they mean you'll spend less. And if we get that in our head, that what are ways I can spend less, then perhaps that less that money that I didn't spend on this, then I can choose what to do with that. I can choose to save it or to give it to someone or to spend it on something else. All right. So I'm going to, I may change the title of this lesson to Ways to Spend Less. <laughs> Some of it has been saving. It's a little bit of both. Yeah. Yes, correct. So one of the best things we ever did was start using apps or even within our banking app that pulls money out of my paycheck, puts it in savings, yeah. and I don't even see it yeah. or think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And so 
when we look at our checking account, what do we have to spend? That's after savings has been okay. Okay. Here. Okay. The less I think about it, the more less I'm inclined to spend that. You accommodate your attitude toward what do I have to spend. And then you know, then you look at it six months later and go, oh, I don't yeah. 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 Okay. Well, uh, thanks for that. Um, the uh, the next class on Wednesday, we're going to shift. We're going to talk about time management. So I'll have an assignment out to you uh, later today or early tomorrow. Thank you.